0: Triple M rocks the NRL 24 7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot, and strong. Install a Ream.
1: Let's get underway. Wow. Wow. Wow.
2: Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Triple
0: M rocks the NRL.
2: To our mates at King G, welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrum.
3: Great to be with you, Mark Geyer, Ryan Girdler, Brent Red, Tony Squires on the Saturday afternoon heading towards kick-off this evening. The Parramatta Eels taking on the Panthers, another elimination final already this weekend. Manly has done the deed, 42 points to 6 on that tyre power scoreboard over the Roosters. A Brave season from uh, the Roosters, but they are now at the back end, uh, planning their Mad Monday, mm. if that was still to exist. Mm, exactly. I don't think it does exist. Just a no, barbecue co- with they're, they're very family co- and friends. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if they'll be staying up in, in Sounds Queensland. It's like a whole heap of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. A lot of
4: players are staying. A lot of players are staying up mm. in Queensland for the for the short term, anyway.
3: Until the lockdown, wherever they may live, might, the, might yeah, ease a up bit. a little bit.
4: Yeah, a few of them have got uh, vac- vac- vaccinated up there as well. They've yep.
3: organised some vaccinations
4: for them. So. All right. It's all happening.
3: Uh, absolutely. And it was all happening here. If you didn't uh, weren't with us for the first hour of the show, it was largely spent with Ryan Girdler bagging Manly. Uh, <laughs> it was a terrific start to the show, MG, I thought, yeah, and we had a lot right. of callers. Very uh, strong, Ryan. Yeah. Very
1: strong. And I think that... Um, yeah, just be careful when you're driving down the streets. Yeah. Of the yeah. in the next <laughs> you couple of days be, might of be door. welcome
4: back over the bridge. Uh, uh, is reopening
0: in a couple of weeks, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> P- Tony yeah. wasn't great. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Well, I'd, I'd like you to turn your torch now, Ryan. <laughs> yes. you wouldn't mind. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. and one triple three five three. <laughs> <to> Paramount <laughs> fans, <laughs> just get ready. Yeah. Put it on speed dial. Uh, ready to go because we'll take your calls if you've got them. If anybody says anything you think is absolutely <laughs> rubbish, then
1: look at the. Boards lit up already, yeah, come
3: on. Absolutely. They're going hindsight. The hindsight mm. rubbish, plenty of it. Mm. Uh, so we're talking about uh, Parramatta and their game this evening. We talked earlier about... Well, they're about... just making up the numbers, Tane. Yeah. Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Oh, I, I think what we saw with oh. Parramatta against oh, Melbourne a couple of weeks ago is that they've got... Uh, I think a lot of the questions about Parramatta throughout the year were when they came up against... top-quality opposition, they just couldn't find an extra gear, could they? And they couldn't go up that notch. And I think everyone was a little bit disappointed by that. And then all of a sudden against Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, they had it all to play for, and they found it. And they found a way. They completed high 90%, um, and they did a a job on Melbourne. Uh, And so everyone now knows it's there. Now, how often they can produce that is... I guess the next question, they didn't need to produce it last week against Newcastle, but they did enough to get the win. Um, but they'll need, I think, to pr- produce a similar performance tonight against Penrith if they're going on to play Melbourne again um, in that prelim final. Now, a couple of concerns for mine about Power Matter. Are, I love Ray Stone as, as a player, a defensive unit in the middle and what he gives, but uh, some of his subtleties around dummy half probably aren't because he's not a hooker. Yeah. And that's such that's one of the most important roles. So Will Smith comes on and, and he's a brave player and he gets in there and does his best, but they don't have a genuine number nine. I'm not sure Gutho's 100% at the moment, but uh, he sort of got through last week's game. Hopefully he's feeling better for the run tonight. Um, but this one's just all about those guys in the middle. Those four, four of the best front rowers in the competition go at it tonight. Um, uh, and and uh, generally, you know, when MG and I've been in a lot of these different contests over the years, regardless whether it's a semi-final or it's just a game at Parramatta Park or at Parramatta Stadium or Penrith Park, um, these two clubs just don't like each other and there will be a, a lot of emotion and it'll be, it'll be a game regardless of tactically which side thinks they can win playing a certain way. These games are always won through the middle in the contest and both of these sides have got the ability to win the game on the edges. So whoever wins that battle in the middle, I think is going to win the game because you know you've got Cleary who's in okay touch hopefully I can get back to some good form and, and Edwards coming back and Mitchell Moses probably had the one of the best moments of his career last week he just willed uh, Parramatta to win that game over the Newcastle Knights so
3: he's going in confident and in good touch and Mitchell Moses in that sort of form is always a dangerous player MG uh, in t- terms of those big men in the middle, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he really showed what was missing when he wasn't there. His uh, he was terrific, wasn't he? Last start,
1: he didn't miss a beat, Tone. He was fantastic. He was, I think, he was a, the man of the match. And I uh, Mitch Moses was fantastic as well. And I think what was, as Gerd mentioned about No Hooker, I think the fact that he knows Reed Marnie's not there and that 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 uh, that. Acceleration out of dummy half and the setting up the plays. I think I think Mitchell Moses it's dawned upon him that I've got to do more. I've got to run the ball more because I've got to manufacture stuff. And he, he did it against Newcastle. Will he do it against Penrith? If he does, will Penrith are uh, going to be a little bit of a froth and bubble? But um, Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo against Moses Leota, who's back, and James Fisher Harris. Yeah, that'll that'll set the 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 platform. I they've had a roller coaster of a season, Parramatta. They started the season. They're, they're always thereabouts in the top four then they went through that bad patch of losing four in a row then they bounced back against the cowboys and the melbourne storm and uh, look I at the moment they've they've kind of hit a little bit of a purple patch as gerds mentioned they they didn't really have to do too much in that victory last week against newcastle they but they 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 won um look nathan browns a danger as well when he when he clicks I, I'm, I'm if i'm a Parramatta fan i'm a little bit worried about that um, right edge of defence with Blake Ferguson he looks like he's carrying a bit of an injury as well and I think he's had four, three or four hat- hat-tricks um, down that wing um, this year, so one last weekend, uh, Tuala and I think Josh Mansell scored a couple down there against him and someone else got a hat-trick as well so that's one area I, look, be rest assured if, if Brian Tottle was playing they'd be going there nearly every set, of se- every set of six but the fact that he's not, they might change their play a bit but um Paramount have done their, done what they've done to get there. Panasini is a star of the future. Yeah. And they've got three ex-Penrith players in their team, Waka Blake, Campbell Gillard, and Bryce Cartwright. So that little bit of venom is there. I'll
4: be really intrigued if Parramatta f- start fast and get on top early because if Penrith are a bit fragile, that we were say, saying before, they don't look what like they've got their mojo at the moment, if they're a bit fragile and Parramatta start fast on and get away mm. with an early lead, it'd be really interesting to watch what happens with Penrith and the way they react to that, whether they, they're mentally, they're in a state where they can fight back from that because at the moment they don't look as though they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what? they need to, um, they've got, just spoke about some of the decision-making defensively on both edges, but when you go through their outside backs, they've got guys there that can come up with an unforced error. And I just spoke about how they played against Melbourne and how deliberate they were about the fundamentals of the game, getting to their kick, not giving Melbourne opportunities to, you know, test that defence in key areas of the field. Now, if if they've got, if they've got Furgo and, and they've got Wonga Blake making errors coming out of their own end, and they start handing possession to Penrith, which is something they haven't done in you know, some of their better wins throughout the season, they will struggle because their defence is vulnerable. Kalen Ponga caught them out, I think, three times down that right side last week. But that's because Parramatta, they completed it about 70-something percent, but they still got away with a win. So it, it, it's a different game that they need to play tonight. But as I said, they've played it, they've done it before. They've got a really big scout. They'll get some confidence out of that. And if they can put it all together on the night, as Rudy said, and Penrith
3: go out and get the wobbles, it could be their night. I heard you on NRL 360 during the week talking about uh, the pressure involved in this game, certainly on uh, the coach, Brad Arthur, mm. if they were to lose. Uh, surely, but you mentioned that you didn't think they had an appetite to change the coach, the club at the moment.
4: I just think the, the way that club um, is, is structured now and the leadership they've got, um, I, they don't to me, they're not a, a sacking club. I, I, as I've, I think I said on a Wednesday, I wouldn't be surprised if they said to him, if they, if they go out this week, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they said to Brad, because Brad's got a year to go on his contract. If they said to Brad, look, we'll give it, give it the next year, but we're not going to extend your deal. That wouldn't surprise me. They don't strike me as a club that sacks its coaches anymore. I think there's some real stability around the place now. Uh, they, they've got people at the top, Sean McElduff and Jimmy Sarantino, the CEO, who are smart, stable you know, it's a stable place now they're smart they're 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 not knee-jerk sort of people that don't react that way like maybe they would have in the past so I just don't think I don't see that happening I just don't think that's the sort of organization they are now but I could certainly see them saying to Brad if they exit quickly they will rev- mm. you know I could see them reviewing things and at the end of that review saying potentially um, you know you've had eight years um, we're going to move in another direction in 12 months' time.
0: You think those decisions also really come back to the, the, the personality of the coach and how rigid they are around their belief belief systems moving forward and saying, well, if, if Brad's the kind of guy that, you know, because coaches, as all the successful ones obviously find a way to reinvent themselves and become more successful and, you know, as the game changes your roster changes and you need to deal with different situations in different ways. And I think as an organization, if you see that your coach is, is learning and changing and even though the results mightn't be there, but he's willing to change certain things as the game evolves and he's evolving, well then, you know, you can keep a coach on, but if you get a rigid coach it who's doing things that aren't working and as a board you see that he's not willing to change and he's going to stick to his tactics but the things are changing around him and the players aren't on side with him well then all of a sudden you're kind of forced to make a decision so he might be that guy that's willing to look at things as they do their review and change things moving forward and then everyone moves along and they're all happy.
4: i would say what would make things interesting if another club came in for Brad because you know look at the Tigers now we're expecting a decision imminently on Michael Maguire now I don't think they're going to get rid of um, Madge but... You know, if Brad was suddenly on the market, I would imagine he's the sort of coach that the West Tigers yeah. could potentially look at because um, he would see him. You know, he rebuilt Parramatta to a large extent after 16. Um, he's obviously a really good footy coach, um, and, and he's a leader. So I, I could imagine the Tigers, if, you know, there's talk about the morning Seraldo and if not Seraldo, then they'll stick with Madge. Well, maybe if suddenly Brad Arthur's potentially on the table, maybe that changes their thinking with regards to Madge.
3: Mm, yeah. Right, and we know we mentioned earlier how terrific it is that the rugby league uh, at this level has been played in, uh, in the countryside, in this case Mackay and Queensland, but how good would it have been to see these two clubs running around oh. this weekend oh. in Western Sydney yeah, with yeah. 50, 60, 70,000 people? Mm. Yeah. Because I think that's what, what would yeah. have happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah,
1: this, this whole this yeah. whole weekend, the, footy, you know, the Roosters and Manly would have had uh, all Sydney teams. It's, I don't know how long it's been since we've had the four teams in the second week being all Sydney teams, but... Um, this game in particular, this would have yeah. this this would been a, a frenzy of of you know f- yep. fever pitch. Everyone would have loved it. I would have. <laughs> oh, I want to get there. Yeah. I want <laughs> yeah. my to tonight. Frenzy just, of fever pitch. Yeah. That's
3: that. When mm. I haven't got to the, <laughs> uh, the story about how sexy Penrith is yet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you're talking.
1: One big thing on Paramount tonight, boys. I think is Madison's back as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, and 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 there's talk that he'll be playing in the middle. So. It, I, I thought they were a little bit skinny on the bench with um, Papa Leahy, Bryce Cartwright, and Ryan Madison, all back rowers. But the fact that Brad Arthur's signaled his intentions to play uh, Madison in the middle is an interesting one.
3: Mm. South Sydney uh, already there for next week. Uh, next, we'll chat with star Jai Arrow. Let's <laughs> crumb, thanks to King <laughs>
2: Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy.
3: It's the Saturday Scrum. Brilliant performance last week. Of course, now sees the, the Bunnies. South yeah, Sydney preparing to meet Manly on Friday in a preliminary final. Jai Arrow joins us right here, right now. Uh, that must be a good feeling, sitting back on the weekend off, watching who's going to be uh, tackling you next week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really good to uh, put the feet up and um, you know sort of sit back and relax and see... Um, you know, Manly and the Roosters get stuck into each other and um, it was obviously a blowout in the end and Manly were really good so we're going to have to prepare well for next week and and make sure we're doing everything we can to, um, you know, hopefully beat them. Were you you impressed then with uh, what Manly trotted out? Yeah, absolutely. I I thought they moved the ball well and, um, you know, come up with set plays one there with the two Trebojevic brothers up the middle and, um, you know, to then set up Kieran Foran for a try under the sticks. And uh, I thought Chez, Daily Chair Evans, he was really good and controlled the game. So, um, yeah, look, we have to be on defensively or these big games are, you know, made on defence. So um, that'll be our main focus this week.
0: Find you in a bit of an unusual situation, Jai, because a lot of you guys were rested round 25, came in against Penrith, got the job done. Now you find yourself with another weekend off. Wayne... I'd imagine. Make sure he needs to keep those condition levels up in, over the break because it'll be one game in three weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we we have we've had two tough sessions this week, and he obviously want, wanted us to keep our, I suppose, match fitness as much as possible. And um, so we did sort of more opposed stuff, and it was definitely um, the contact was up there. And we've got a session tomorrow as well. So um, yeah, we've been keeping our trying to keep our match fitness up as best as possible, but. Um, yeah, look, it was—it's obviously good going into a game when you got the old Freddy Fresh League, So um, having the week off definitely <laughs> doesn't—definitely um, doesn't hurt. So um, yeah, look, we're, we're going to prepare for the week like we um, have been preparing all year, and especially um, you know it's knockout footy now—it's do or die. So we've got to be on.
4: Joy, did you, did you watch the game as a team?
2: Uh no. Wayne didn't want us to. He said, if you want to watch the game, you know, watch the game, but he wanted us to—you um, know—get away from footy and. Refresh our minds and refresh our bodies. But if we obviously if we wanted to watch the game, um, we could. So uh, a few of us watched the game. I have no doubt, but uh, we didn't watch it as a team. No.
4: And you let does Wayne let you have a sneaky beer, or what happens with the weekend off?
2: Um, no, he, he didn't. He doesn't want us to you know um, drink too much. But obviously, if there was a uh, say a red wine with steak or, or something like that, he's <laughs> oh, obviously
3: more than happy. But um, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But I think um you know as a team we're a bit smarter than that we're coming to the crunch end of the year so um we're definitely staying away from that
0: hey joey it was really hard not to admire the way young blake taff handled himself last week now he would have been nervous going into that i would imagine the pressure of you know coming up against a side like penrith and a guy like nathan cleary putting all those sort of uh different style of kicks up how has he been this week have you noticed a difference now that he's come through that test is he more confident looking forward to the next challenge
2: yeah definitely I- i'm sure he is and then you know um i think the good thing about it is that he wouldn't be there if um you know the coaching staff and us as players didn't trust him to do the job so um you know the, the senior playing staff have no in the spine sorry have you know gone in and said to him mate you wouldn't be you're here for a reason we know you can do the job so um back yourself do what you do every week in and week out and he definitely showed that obviously you had a had the one error where he dropped the first bomb, and we won't hold that against him. He not, everyone makes mistakes, and um, he was tremendous from then on in. So we're we're backing him to do a job, and he, he did that last week. But we just need to we need him to continue to do that uh, this week or next week. Sorry, against Manly.
3: And the man he replaced, Latrell Mitchell. How has he been uh, helpful at training, kicking rocks, or what's he been like?
2: Nah, he's been outstanding, troll. He um he he had the choice to go home, but he wanted to stay up here with the team and. Um, he's making a sacrifice with, with his family to stay up here and wants to be around a team environment. And he's helping um, Taff as well. He's helping him at training, um, sort of uh, knocking him up when he needs to and, um, you know, telling him the things he's doing right. So um, Troll, Troll hasn't been kicking stones at all. He's been tremendous. And we obviously as a teammate can't thank him enough. And obviously for the sacrifices he's making with his family staying up here when he, when I think he had the choice to go home if he wanted to.
0: You seem to go uh, a little bit better, Jai, when you make it personal. We've seen that, you know, some of the games in the past against the Roosters and obviously at origin level. Who are you going to single out for the Manly Boys next week? Is it going to be Coward too? Who do you who do you fancy getting in the face of next week?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. He's a scary thing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a scary. big boy. He is, he's a yeah. big boy. Um, <laughs> oh, look, oh, I find you know, this time of year I, I want to make it personal. I wa- I want to be... You know, with my teammates playing in the big dance, so I, uh, you know, I think I'll go out there and hopefully stir a few. Enjoy my ch- enjoy the challenge and um, you know just do my job for the team and and that's to run hard and tackle harder. So um, I don't think I'll be making it personal with with a certain person, but I suppose everyone's got to make it personal out there on the field um, during this time when it's knockout footy.
4: Joy, you spoke about Daly Cherry Evans before, and obviously you played Origin with him, but. Tommy's form's probably overshadowed how well Daly's been going post origin really in the past couple of months. I mean, how important is it you not just stop Tommy but you put the claims on Daly as well?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. look both of them have been or Tommy especially I suppose has probably probably been the, you know, one of the best players in the company's only you know, he's only played a sort of uh, how many games? 16, 16 17 yeah. games, so um, but then, you know, Chez is obviously the leader of that team. He steers them around and, and um, tells them where he wants to go and then you've got the class with Tommy who who just pops up everywhere and, and seems to you know, break every second tackle and, um, you know, set and tries up everywhere. But, you know, I suppose Chez and um, Kieran Farran are the ones sort of creating the space out on the edge where they're squaring up the line. And um, Yeah, look, we're going to have to... Chez is obviously a big part of their team with his kicking game, so we we'll want to annoy him there and and put him off his games, but um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a, going to be a tough challenge, and as it should be coming this this um, time of year where it's, it's knockout footy, everyone wants to win, and, and there can only sort of be one winner at the end of the day, so um, yeah, look, they obviously key plays for them that we'll, we're going to have to be on defensively.
4: Bit of a side issue, Joe. What, what about Billy Slater in Queensland? Does that excite you, excite you the thought of being coached by Billy?
2: Oh, absolutely. If, if I got the chance to, you know, I got the chance to play the two games with him and was lucky enough to be a part of his last Origin game. He was, um, you know, you know, pretty much coached when he was playing. So, um, yeah, look, he's a pretty handy bloke to no doubt put his hand up for the job. And um, whether he gets it or not, I'm sure the QRO will make the right decision. But I'm, I definitely know Slats could do the do the coaching job for sure, because as a player, he, he was bloody coaching us anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, Speaking of coaches, well documented that Wayne Bennett probably beat Ivan Cleary last week, but gee, it's a good match-up with Desi Hasler this week, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. we are got to see what, what's going to happen, if there's going to be a little bit of banner yeah. thrown out like there was last week, who knows? But, um, yeah, look, it's it's kind of funny seeing those two come up against each other. God knows what they're going to throw out. I'm sure <laughs> they'll be there. They're calm. Collect sort of selves, but uh, we'll see who fires a shot first.
0: When you uh, when you signed to play for South Sydney in the middle of last year uh, from the Gold Coast, you probably didn't expect to be in the Gold Coast this year. Have you enjoyed sort of being back up there amongst family and friends and whatnot?
2: Yeah, it's it's it, Um, I suppose it's different. I try to get away from this place, but um, <laughs> I always seem to find myself back here. And, um, no, no, it's obviously good being back home and um i've only sort of got my mum up here now and her partner so i've obviously tried to catch up with them friends as much as i can and um yeah it's it's obviously we're we're in a pretty nice spot close to the beach so it definitely helps that we're you know getting treated like kings and um eating pretty well up here so um yeah can't complain that's for sure but um as i said i did try to get away from here but always seem always seem to find myself back here which is um know, yeah, kind of funny
4: Joy, who's the first bloke to get his shirt off and get the rig out?
2: <laughs> oh, Josh Mantor. Wow, sure, wow. The source. He <laughs> loves course. himself. He does. <laughs> and does,
4: Dave, does anyone challenge Damien Cook to a beach sprint or you leave him alone?
2: Nah, leave him alone. He's too fast. He's, yeah, he's way too fast. We actually have a team barbecue um, you know, most weekends after a game and that at, uh, down at the beach. And No, I don't think anyone's game enough to um, you know challenge Cookie to a beach sprint in their budgies.
3: <laughs> I love it. All Well right, we'll enjoy the the rest of the weekend off with the uh, Freddy Fresh Legs. <laughs> I'm operating on Oscar Old Legs over here. Uh, well, lovely to talk to you, Joy. All the best, mate. See you, buddy.
2: Thanks, boys. See ya. The Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy.
3: And remember, you can now stream every game of the NRL and AFL live on the Listener app. Download it now. L i s t t n r uh, Tony Squires, with you, obviously Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, and MG. Now, Reedy, I know you are tip tapping away. That story you're writing uh, is that for? That's obviously for tomorrow's paper, is it? Yeah. Uh, how much? You, how Sunday many words? Telly. How many words you got to punch uh, out oh, during the songs? Probably 500 or so. 500. Yeah. What you, what's your word count at the moment? Am I, I'm actually
4: up to 535. Would you I'm call a budgeted?
3: Oh yeah, have you really? Yeah. Would you call what you're doing at the moment writing or just typing? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's art, Tony. <laughs> it's
4: art, yeah. It, well, the can I, can the computer just, is my canvas. Yeah, right.
3: yeah. well, can I just say to you, because over the past couple of well, yesterday and today, uh, you have unleashed... <laughs> uh, with a terrific two-part story on the battle for Western Sydney. Now, obviously that battle tonight on the field with Penrith and Parramatta, but yours is looking at the history of when well, I guess they were struggling a bit more and mm. the AFL was certainly eyeing it off. GWS still do it on the field, very successful. Uh, but it was so important during your story, uh, mm. for basically for those two teams to get their house in order, to get that yeah. successful, to battle uh, away against the AFL. Yeah.
4: Well, it's, it's very easy to forget what happened 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago when the AFL invaded Western City with GWS, and you know they signed Israel Folau, and Kevin Sheedy, I spoke to you during the week, was uh, their inaugural coach, and Sheeds was happy to you know, promote the code ad nauseum out in Western City. But at the time, time Parramatta was struggling. Uh, Penrith, if you remember, Penrith were on their knees. Yeah took Gus to come in and save Penrith, really. Uh, and it, the premise was, you know, they've got these two clubs now who've turned, turned their fortunes around, and particularly Parramatta. I think in Western Sydney, Parramatta, are a, they're a juggernaut. They're a giant. But at the time, they weren't. They were really battling, and they had boardroom factions. And, you know, um, I think Gus at one point got one of the – before the commission was formed in 2012, Gus took uh, one of the inaugural commissioners, Ian Elliott, round – Western Sydney and showed him all the grounds where the AFL posts were going up because the AFL was just flush with cash. And it was just sort of basically how Parramatta and Penrith have got their act together and, and I guess, put a ring post around Western Sydney. But there's no doubt TWS have made an impact out there. they found a, a niche market out there, but it's Rugby League Heartland. And as long as those two clubs are strong and continue to be strong, it'll always be Rugby League Heartland.
3: It used to be so interesting when you fly into Melbourne, you'd look out, out of the plane, you'd see the <laughs> AFL yeah. goalposts, and you, you know that kind of difference. That has changed obviously a great deal yeah. over the years. Is it so important that we uh, hang on to those pieces of turf, to that territory? Can the, can we not be polycodal? Can people can they not coexist?
4: Well, I think they. I think it is Tony to an extent polycodal. I mean, I, th- I think as I said, I think GWS have they found a market there. Now, well, you could argue whether it's been a success or not because the AFL's poured hundreds of millions of dollars in. I and mean, Andrew Dimitri said, don't judge it now. You've got to judge it in twenty or thirty years. But certainly they've found a niche. But, you know, for rugby league I think it's important that they keep a real eye and grip on those markets because that is their it's the bedrock of the game. It's a bit like Southeast Queensland right now. I mean, Peter Valley is, is obviously pushing expansion in Southeast Queensland, and one of the major motivations there is to stop the AFL making too many inroads into what are you know what is the, a real heartland. I mean, those two areas, Western Sydney, Southeast Queensland, they are the genuine heartlands of the game, and you can't lose them.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you feel like Rudy really, uh, doing the research that you obviously did for the for the article that? uh they were pushed by the afl's move out into the west of sydney those two clubs that you spoke about there's
4: no doubt there's no doubt the nrl was i mean if there was a report done 10 years ago the commission got a consultancy firm to come in and do a report on western sydney and come up with a strategy and if you read that report it's damning of rugby league and what they were doing in western sydney they were just taking for granted Uh, and and uh, there's no doubt that the afl coming in there got the nrl and the clubs off their off their backsides basically mm. and and they actually started uh, particularly the clubs i would say I mean, the games a bit fragmented you know we've got um we've got develop- club's do development the arl the nrl do development it's very, the game's very fragmented it's got better at that but there's no doubt the afl coming in there the nrl had to get together act together
3: Peter mm-hmm. you know? of landis is said he's described it hasn't he, as um, the afl basically being abba and the NRL NRLB, ACDC, and they—they're yeah. kind of the, the fans are very different. You're always going to want to, in terms of being—you've lived out there at Penrith, um, MG. Do you get the feeling? I mean, what's your take on it over those years and the changes?
1: When it first happened, I thought they'd done it really arrogantly. I thought that they just—they threw it in our face and they—they they kind of come in with the, the bells and whistles and they threw all this money at this new club and. Um, they got one of their best coaches um, from the AFL history to, to take over. And I yep. think they just, thought, to me, they, they acted smugly. But then I realized it was also about strategic play. And they, they, they played it beautifully, the AFL. And I, I think to a certain degree, I think we, the Western Suburbs um, of, of NRL land, we kind of owe them a little bit of a favor because they, they, coming out to the Western Suburbs, made us pull our fingers out and say, okay, well, if we really love this code so much, that 's what where, where has it gone in the schools? Where have we gone why, did, why when I played rugby League, that was every second week that i 'd have to go to a school and, and do do stuff with the kids and um, you know do coaching clinics and stuff like that and, and now when my kids are going to school they never see anyone from the NRL going to their school it 's all AFL mm. so I, had, I think we had to pull our finger out of our you know what and get on with it and say well we 've got to acknowledge the fact that they 're here to stay, and I think we can coexist there 's no reason why we can 't coexist in such a massive city. But the thing, the fact that the Parramatta and Penrith have have come good since then is a big help. It's just like Melbourne; they've got to be um, successful in Melbourne, in an mm. AFL-dominated city. They've imagine if Melbourne were coming second last each week, each, each year, they, they'd be gone after three or four years. Mm. So, success breeds everything. And look, I've we um on, on the midweek show of the Rush Hour, we speak to the Swans players a lot. We speak to the GWS West Giants; they're all fantastic humans. And that they're here to play a sport, and yep. any sport-loving person should should admire that.
3: You're absolutely right, MG, about the, the kids in the schools and so on. I know that the AFL does very very well in terms of you know their Oz kick or whatever they they're, they're yeah. doing. Mm. And uh, my my son was involved, but they you know they're given the the gear. They each get a footy, they get their guernseys, and the way they go, they're, they're how they they set up is brilliant. They yeah. really do approach it, and you know, incredibly accessible and easy for for parents to get their kids involved.
4: It was interesting talking to Andrew Dimitri about it. He said they had basically, you know, they came up here with, they had stacks of cash because they had a huge broadcasting deal, which at the time the NRL didn't have a a huge broadcasting deal. It it was the next year I think the NRL really got the money. But uh, everything they did was run by strategists in Melbourne and head office in Melbourne who were strategizing, you know, how they would, how this yeah. would play out in yeah. Western Sydney, you know. And then you had Sheeds, who was just happy to do anything. He'd turn up anywhere mm. to do anything yeah. to sell the game. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, 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 the NRL was really asleep at the wheel. I mean, they, they you know, woke them out of their slumber, really. The, the GWS coming in there and doing, doing it the way they did. I mean, you even look at... Um, they were getting money from, you know, they were pouring money into councils and governments, they are mm. getting grounds, and the NRL didn't have anyone doing that mm. at the time. You know, really, it's only in the last five years the NRL's really, and the ARL Commission, has really hammered governments. They've got a lot of money mm. out of governments. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I don't think it's just that, that the fact that, um, you know, that it pushed Penrith and Parramatta to, to the heights that they're at at the moment. It's the fact that when when the NRL looked to f- to, uh, to expand, they need to look at the AFL model. They do it really well, don't mm. they? They give them allowances, obviously, over the salary cap. They do things with their draft. Obviously, we don't have that. But, yeah, just to make it work, and you spoke about Melbourne, and, I mean, when did they come in? 99? and they, Did mm, they yeah, win? The,
3: yeah. When, they, yeah, they beat uh, they, the Dragons in yeah. a horrible yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, it's
0: just been an, an incredible story of, of expansion and, and how to do it successfully. So, and, and over the years, I've probably thought, oh, how long are the Giants going to hang around for? And they go through these phases where, they're sort of they're really competing, and they have this five year plan, and basically all those guys that they got as really young guys and brought them through then you know got to that grand final a couple of years ago, they fell away and I, I kind of thought I' oh, at the end because these guys have, and they've found a way again to, to be really competitive this year, so yeah. that, they obviously know what they're doing, yeah, they absolutely. do
3: it well. And you know, it's such a competitive market, Sydney, for mm. in, in sport always has been. Richard Collins, who was the president, the, the, uh, the chairman of the Swans, used to say it uh, before every game. Uh, and you know, this is—I guess—it's been a, a difficult period, but uh, they're doing well, the AFL. But the NRL tonight—they've got Parramatta, they've got Penrith—in what will be a great game of rugby league. <laughs> it's <a> Saturday scrub. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I I I
2: the Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M Rocks Footy.
3: To be honest, this story doesn't scream rugby league. Oh, I, <laughs> it might. It needs a little bit of this, I think, in the background, though. I'm too
1: sexy, my shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh too yeah. I <laughs> oh, so right said Fred 1990. You know, is that, that right? I was, prowl, I was Prowling <laughs> Panthers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, with Gerds,
1: is that's your a wingman? Uh, he was a Hula Wara. Oh, Back in 1990, you a little while, were yeah. I was with Brandy and Johnny Cartwright yeah. and, and Brad, Brad Izzard and oh. Freddie. Oh. Well, this is the news of the day.
3: This is the news of the day, the story coming out about uh, Sydney's sexiest suburb. I'm, gonna, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you the top ten. I'll go from ten through to one. Thornton.
0: Oh, yeah. How oh, Thornton? Yeah, it's there. yeah. always going to be dominant.
3: Surrey Hills. In fact, your your little fancy moustache at the moment, good. Surrey
1: yeah. Hills,
0: you would go. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. Charlie was, Surrey. Yeah. Hills. I'm off to Surrey Hills after this. Actually. Are you? <laughs> yeah. What's that one called there? The um, <laughs> in Oxford Street. The um, the what? The name <laughs> of the <laughs> adult sex <laughs> shop there. <laughs> What's it called? The toolbox. 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 That's where I'm going. going Pick up a couple of things for the weekend. Just to finish off strong. (laughs) You're going to Bunnings, (laughs) are you? Just do the same thing. (laughs) It's click and collect, Tony. And then when you get home, you click and (laughs) 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 collect. Katoomba!
3: (laughs) Collect. Sydney City, uh, Castle Hill, (laughs) Maroubra. Beautiful Maroubra. That one, Anthony Maroon, big. Little Bay. Yeah. St. Leonard's, Erskineville.
1: North Sydney, and ladies What's and gentlemen, number one, number one sexiest suburb, Penrith. 2750, baby, represent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we've got the Pean River, we've got the P and Bell, we've got a lot of um, really good looking residents in the 2750, 2750 corridor. Yeah. Um, We've got Five Guys coming here next week, first one in Australia. Oh, the Hamburgers. Yeah, Five Guys. Five Guys. They pick Penrith. Yeah. They pick the sexiest place because they've got sexy, funky. Vegas.
4: Where's Morpeth? I would have thought that would be. Morpeth it. should have been. It's,
3: yeah. Sydney. it's mm, obviously be. uh, on the you know, Western side of Lake. I've Latorre. never been to
1: an awards ceremony there, have they? Clearly. <laughs> when you come when you walk out when, when you're <laughs> out of lockdown boys, when you come out when you when you want to come out of the western suburbs of yes. Sydney, I'll I'll give you a guided tour of everything that's sexy. Were you really? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent.
3: Okay, like, is it just the uh, physical places that you're looking at? Well, there's oh, some certain. Sexy. I don't
1: want to say too much because that's people hot. might flock to them places. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, we've yeah. just yeah. got to keep, keep them down low. Down down down. low. So I'm not sure down. that the
3: story was talking about the geographical <laughs> beauty of any of these
1: locations. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Under
0: <laughs> the bridge there. The Under Bender. the bridge. Oh,
1: we'll go some do a bit of water skiing on the stuff on the and under uh, the bridge town.
3: Okay, I All think right. it was related to product purchases. <laughs> it was related yeah. to product purchases. It related yeah. to the amount of lingerie and, and yeah.
1: toys about there which you, you just Isn't spoke. Isn't that the same thing? Well, <laughs> is
3: it really? It <laughs> well, could it mean that they don't trust humans. They need we're, toys we're, instead. We're
1: sexy beasts out in the west. We're just <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just we just, just oo sex <laughs> Sapil. <hill>. Mm. <laughs> really? You Wait till oh, I'm to oh. the cough. <laughs> Yeah, look like this every day and not be sexy, baby. Is that during
0: lockdown, Tony, or just is that just averaged out throughout the year?
3: Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's just generally. It's not just. Uh, I think it might it's be through lockdown. No, I'm not. Products can... might have been bought. Well, everybody going online. I'm sure that uh, yes. that, that, that has been happening a fair bit. Has so it, Tony? People of Pen- <laughs> <laughs> the people of Penrith, uh, congratulations! You are officially. Oh, it's been a good day for Sydney's Penrith. Sydney's years. It's only oh, going to get better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, tonight, when they
1: beat the Parramatta,
3: exactly. When Panthers run out in those silk shorts, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the Saturday Scrum. We do it thanks to King G. All right, gentlemen, your task was to name uh, this week the backs in the Daly M team of the year. Next week, we'll go with the forwards, uh, and it obviously, it goes through the point system and so on. But I just want to get your feeling of who are the uh, the best backs. We'll have two centres. Uh, and two wingers, a fullback, five 58 and half back. Who wants to start me off? Um, Mark Gaia.
1: I would love to. Okay, mm. so <clears throat> we look at the list of fullbacks, and it's a, what a what a field. Yep. Uh, Trebojevic, Tedesco, Mitchell, Hines and Pappenhausen. but I think the full back of the year has to be Tommy Turbo. Um my wingers are Brian Tottle and Ruben Garrick. Yep. My centers are Matt Burton and Joseph Manu. My 58 is uh, Cody Walker. And my halfback is Nathan Cleary. Wow. Mm. It's a good team.
3: It is so uh, bizarre, isn't it? You've named that side and Tedesco, as you said. Yeah, I know. Sean Mitchell, Nico Hines, Ryan Pappenhausen miss out. I think he'll
0: get captain of the year as the Dallium. I mean, he's from my opinion, Tedesco, he needs to be, you know, recognised for what he's done this year. And his leadership's been exceptional. So hopefully he's probably not going to get the fullback, but he'll come away with a gong and it'll be for the captain of the year. Yep. Um, Okay, mine mine are pretty similar. Tone. Um, Tommy at the back I've got a- Addo Carr in um, As opposed to Garrick But gee was It wasn't a struck match Between it I've also gone with Justin Olam So you've gone To'o I've gone To'o yep. And Addo Carr mm-hmm. I've gone Manu And Olam Yep Walker and Cleary
3: Okay Olam um, of course You don't, just don't want to get Tackled by him Exactly right <laughs> <laughs> 100% <laughs> I've gone exactly
4: The same as Gertz Actually Yeah yeah, so a bit of an anticlimax here. Eh? Mm. Yeah, well, I reckon sure. the halfback's pretty close, to be fair. I, I think Jerome Hughes has had a great year, too. DCE. Young, yeah. uh, Nathan, awesome year. Nathan Nathan DCE's games, been great. So, yep. Yeah, DC. it's very, very. We talk about Tommy and Teddy, but I think that halfback battle's been uh, pretty tight as well. Yep. Munster's been fairly good at six. Munster's been great, at yeah. six. The Walkers. And, Lu- and Luoy? Yeah. Luoy, before yeah, gone off the, yeah. Before Origin, he's gone off the ball, a bit, bit, bit off the ball since Origin, hasn't he? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh,
3: just humor me, if you're actually picking a team, do all of those fullbacks get in? Do you have D- Teddy at the back? Do you have Turbos in the in Origin and, a, and, and, and the Sanders? Do you have Latrell in the centres? If If Australia's playing, for example? Yes, yeah. I would.
0: You've got to have those three in your footy side Yep, somewhere.
4: Yeah.
3: Sadly, there won't be, you wouldn't have thought, uh, any space for all of them in the Daly-Am team of the year. We'll head to the forwards uh, next week. Reedy's Mail, though, is next on the Saturday Scrum. In comfort, technology, and design.
1: Triple M rocks the NRL 24
3: 7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot, and strong. Install a Ream.